so here it is. Let's go into the cosmos. Welcome to this week's edition of Into the Cosmos, your weekly New York Cosmos team podcast exclusively here on the Sports Palooza Radio Network. I am E.J. Gar, and joining me, as always, is my man, Franco DeLapa. Franco, what's happening, man? How you doing? All good here, E.J. Yeah, man. Life is cool. Uh, you know, you and I talked about it uh, about two weeks ago when the Cosmos had four games, four home games. In five matches, and, uh, you know, the Cosmos did all right. They got the six points from the first two home matches, and they got that point this weekend in Fort Lauderdale. What a crazy way to come away with a point, Franco. I mean, to, to see the Cosmos put up 20 shots on goal, 10 inside the box, 10 outside the box, eight of which made it on frame. Thanks, Mr. Bruno. My goodness, man. I, Mr. Bruno stood on his head to make sure he kept that a scoreless draw. Franco, what, what, uh, Port Lauderdale only put up one shot on frame. Jimmy Mauer didn't have much to do to keep that clean sheet. It's amazing the job Bruno did to keep that ball out of his net, especially Franco down the stretch there in the 70th minute when the Cosmos put like four goal, four shots on goal in a matter of two minutes, and then the Orozco chance in the 83rd minute, and what a save by Bruno again. I was just sitting there going, what can we do to get something by this guy? Franco, Bruno looked unbelievable. Yeah, sure. I think that that was obvious. I thought the one one thing that does not figure into those stats, I don't believe, uh, the shots on goal was probably the best shot. The one time that the Cosmos actually did beat him was that Arrieta header in the first oh. half. It was a great header, great play. Hits the bar, you know, and, and he was definitely had beaten Bruno on that one. Uh, that's that's the difference right there. Because that guy, you weren't going to get any, anything else by him. It looked like. Uh, great header, just just didn't quite go in. And, you know, Artie Hector's been playing well, finishing really, really well. So, uh, yeah, 0-0, zero, zero, man, but uh, definitely Cosmos have been carrying the play for these last several games. And uh, zero, that wasn't really as – how'd that end up 0-0, zero, zero, right? I mean, goals against Carolina, then three against Indy, which doesn't give up much, and then a 0-0 zero, zero, zero game. So, yeah, one point on the road. That That just shows you how tough it is to get points on the road, though. We know this, Frank. Uh, you know, it's just something that there's no mystery to going on the road anywhere. It's tough. And we even saw it with Edmonton, man, going into Ottawa this weekend and grabbing a point with a 2-2 match. And I actually can't believe that we're going to actually discuss the fact that Edmonton played a 2-2 game, man. <laughs> like, uh, well, wow, where did that come from, man? Because I, I got so used to one nothing, I pretty much anticipated it to be one nothing again. And, boy, what a game that ended up being. Of course, there was a missed penalty kick in that, too. I Ottawa could have gone up 3 nothing. Of course, they gave it all back late, and Edmonton just fought and fought and fought. Uh, that, that might have been the game of the week, too, man, because that, 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 that looked like a fun game to watch. I wish I could have seen it. I didn't end up seeing that match. But what a, what a cool game. You look at it on paper, and, man, that had to be an entertaining match, to say the least, man. Those two don't like each other, and we know this. Yeah, I think the, it just showed that even these teams like Edmonton, which just basically locks it up, They've got uh, attacking power. They, those guys can – I think there's four dice in that game. Uh, mm-hmm. They've got a couple guys that can score, you know, uh, if, you, if, if they're in the right situation. And uh, they obviously had to come come back and they had to come out uh, and, you know, put the pressure on. But, I mean, I think they can put goals away if, if they're in a position to do it. 
uh, the Aussies on that team. They've got, uh, mm-hmm. I mean, Obi, I think, you know, speedsters, you know, those guys are real threats. So uh, I think the, the NASL is sort of shaping up as a lot of uh, defense uh, teams seem to, you know, be making their name. Certainly Edmonton's done that. But um, I think there's a lot of good strikers in this league, actually. A lot of guys that can finish off uh, goals. You're not going to see uh, huge stats to prove it, you know, but uh, if you give these guys a, a little break, they'll they'll put the goals away. And I think uh, uh, Shikolani did that in uh, Carolina. There weren't too many goals to be had. It's a great chip to win that game. Uh, Ty Shikolani, you know, there's just a lot of guys that can just do that. They'll they'll hurt you, you know, if you, if you give them any, any openings. Yeah. Yeah, obviously Shikolani's pretty good, man, and uh... – yeah, yeah, we we're going to be seeing Carolina here pretty quick now. Obviously, right after the uh, ND eleven match, and uh, yeah, let's talk about some of the schedule coming up, Franco. Because like we said, you and I discussed that they had uh, four or five at home, and after the Fort Lauderdale match, that means the next two are at home, and uh, you know, seven points is pretty nice to take from the first three. It's going to be a challenge here, Franco. They're, they're, this 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 schedule is not exactly going to be easy to navigate for the Cosmos coming up here. Obviously, the next. <laughs> The next three games are against all three teams that are in the playoffs right now. So this, this these next two games are huge. I mean, Minnesota, for Minnesota and Edmonton to come into Short Stadium, if they take anything from the Cosmos down the stretch, Frank, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, uh, the, the Cosmos might find themselves in trouble, man, because these are the teams that are right behind them. And if you give points to them, you're obviously you know, giving up that lead, and, you're, and, and you're, the teams that are right behind you are going to be the ones who overtake you. The Cosmos needs its first place, man. I think we all know that the Cosmos want to make sure they take first place in the fall portion after falling just short in the spring portion of the campaign. So this is, uh, this is a vital time of the year, Frank, uh, five at home and six away. Hey, right, EJ. I mean, these are three of the four teams that are in the playoffs right now. Season yeah. Today, and there's a good chance that they could be in there at the end because I think these, these are the most consistent teams in the league. And consistency is going to get you there in the end. And, uh, yeah, what, what a, you know, it's like the playoffs now, right? I mean, you're playing against all playoff teams. So, uh yeah, we're talking about getting 13 points out of out of these uh, four or five games. Uh, that's uh, still possible, but it's not not a given for sure. Even though that these uh, next two are at home. Yeah, and and you know, Frank, if you continue to look at the schedule here, man, after these two home games, uh, here we go again, Franco. Three games in eight days, and the Cosmos are doing it again, man. Indy 11 at Carolina and home against Fort Lauderdale. And Franco, actually, actually, you know, when, when you break it down the way we do with, with the four home games and five here, the Cosmos actually end the season basically on the road, man. I mean, four of their final six games are going to be away from Stewart Stadium. That's going to be tough. Going to Ottawa, going to Jacksonville won't be tough. Obviously, the Minnesota game, they're going to play Minnesota twice here down the stretch. They play them this weekend, of course, and in the final weekend of the campaign. So having Minnesota twice is obviously something that they're going to have to contend with. Miami's in this schedule. Port Lauderdale again is going to be the home game on October 2nd. We're seeing Carolina and India on the road as well. But, uh, in fact, these next two home matches, like I said, with Minnesota and Edmonton are not going to be easy. The Cosmos certainly need these points. Now the injury is concerned, and now we're going to be seeing some lineup changes. Obviously, Iose's problem. We saw Alexis Pavello come in there for him, and uh, he's our interview this week. Hopefully at the top of the show you saw we uh, sit down with Alexis here pretty quick and Pretty nice for him, an 18-year-old kid, to get his pro debut with the New York Cosmos, Franco. How cool is that, man? I mean, not, not many people can actually go out there and say, yeah, I made my pro debut with the New York Cosmos, man. Pretty cool. Yeah, that, and he showed uh, that was a big game, too, for the Cosmos. Stepped right in. Lella just, Alexis Lella stepped right in. And uh, mm-hmm. that's, uh, I mean, the depth is really important. Obviously, you know, uh, Cosmos lost 
Christopher Freeman during the week in Miami. Uh, oh. Then Iose goes down. Uh, those are veteran players, man. I, I just think that Iose is such an important player. I just like to see him on that left side. He's so good with the ball. Uh, positioning is really good. And, uh, you know, and then uh, they have to put uh, Alexis Vellella in there just out of nowhere. And the guy uh, filled in really well. So I think that's, I think that's not the end of it. I think we're going to see stuff like that happening the rest of the year. Um, there's, there's uh, team, you know, players going to have to fill in and, uh, you know, give a performance like that uh, to get, get the Cosmos through. I mean, this is uh, – the teams are the consistent ones, and, the, and that means having a really good bench, too, uh, yeah. are the ones that are going to win out in the end. And I think the Cosmos are proving that they have that. I mean, we haven't seen Calvillo. We haven't seen Valela at all. And then all of a sudden, you know, we're going to be seeing these guys. Yeah, and Franco, you know, we talked, we talked about, you know, you and I have been critical about uh, some of the defenders pushing up along the wings here and there and kind of leaving the defense back there by themselves. And, you know, being a wing defender, we, we're going to talk to Alexis about this because, you know, Coach Gio likes his wing defenders to push up that side as far as they can get. And obviously to the point where now Hunter Freeman and obviously Gabe is gone and if Iose is gone, those are three guys who love to press, love to push forward and, and, and have a big influence on this offense. And if they're not there, they're going to have to trust that Alexis can be that guy, Franco. Can can he be that guy? I mean, I, you know, obviously when you're 18 years old, there's a lot to learn. And he stepped up, like you mentioned, man. He stepped up. He looked pretty nice last weekend. I definitely did did the job. I mean, everything that was asked of him, he did that, and then some in his debut. But uh, you know, now now it's a little bit different of a story. Now you're start, you know, he could possibly be starting uh, at that that control wrench and everything. And if he's going to be the guy who's asked to come up that wing and, and press and push. He's going to have to make sure he's the guy who gets back when he needs to as well. You know, we've been, like I mentioned, we've been critical of the defense pushing up. Is he going to be able to take that role on, Franco? That, that, that's a question. Yeah, yeah the, the tactics, we'll see what happens. But I think these kids, um, yeah. young guys, uh, he, he'll talk about this. They have the poise uh, to be able to jump right in there. Now, they're going to make mistakes, but they think they're able to uh, you know, overcome those things. Uh, he came up, Alexis Bellella came up with uh, Christian Pulisic, and he'll talk about that a little bit. Uh, these mm-hmm. guys are they are confident. They're ready to step right in. I think they have the technical ability to do it. Uh, they've been tested in some uh, big games on the international stage, and they're ready to come in. Like I said, they're going to make mistakes, but uh, everybody does. I, I, I see Cosmos veterans making mistakes, too. It's how you react, you know, and, and recover from those. And uh, I think the guy, he's looked like he has the mental, you know, resilience and everything else to uh, – Step right in there. He's, he's going to have to. It looks like uh, they're, they're going to be counting on him now, which is which is not a bad thing. Yeah, not a bad thing. At the same token, though, losing Hunter Freeman at, at a, a tough time. I mean, I, Frank, you know, we talked about this. How many times has it happened, Frank? Oh, you trade away one of your your key defenders who obviously takes free kicks and, and does stuff with corner kicks and all that. Now you lose Hunter Freeman's presence altogether, and then for OJ to go down, not even a few days later. Now, I mean that that puts that, that that much more pressure on Belayla to come up here and, and actually you know be a big influence on this. Plus, Frank, that's a lot of pressure, man. Uh, you know, and obviously he he got thrown right into the fire coming into the 40th minute. Obviously, he had a few minutes at halftime to kind of get his wits about him and go into the second half, which uh, probably helped him. Uh, you know, it's not you know when you're coming off the bench cold like that, especially in the 40th minute, Franco. That's a that's a strange time to be asked to come on the pitch. Obviously, the injury that I always say was was a big factor in that, but. Uh, Man, you know, obviously Arango got his seventh team of the week honor this week. And uh, like we mentioned, Alexis got his co-debut. And I, I, let's bring in Alexis here, Franco, because we had so much fun. You know, it's, it's, you, get, you get an interview with an 18-year-old kid, you wonder if he's going to have the composure to kind of hang out with us and, 
he did that. It, it, it's cool. You, you know, you interview a young kid, and you're like, oh, I hope he can handle it. And he certainly handled it, man. It was cool to have him on. So let's bring in Alexis. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll air your, our interview with Alexis, and uh, we'll be right back here. Check this out. Okay, well, as all you Cosmos fans are aware, our guest this week made his pro debut versus Fort Lauderdale this past weekend, and that means it's time to come on and hang out with Frank and I here on Into the Cosmos. Alexis Valela is joining us. Alexis, man, how you doing? How does it feel to get on the pitch? Got to be good, man. Hey, hey, man, what's up? Nah, I felt good. I mean, felt happy. Wasn't, I don't think I've been that happy in a long time, so... Coming out there right. and okay. getting some medicine was good for me. Man, Alexis, you, you've been on some pretty big teams, man. You've been on the under-17s. You've played in the CONCACAF championships. You've already done some stuff. So, I mean, w- were you nervous when you took the pitch for the Cosmos? I mean, you, you've already been through some stuff, man. I, I assume you were just like, okay, here we go, my pro debut. And that had to be exciting, man. Yeah, no, at first, I mean, I was a little nervous, you know, and Gio turned around and said, all right, Valella, go warm up. You know, I got, <laughs> got, I got a lot of nerves in me, but then once again, I started, once I got on the pitch, I was like, oh, wow, like, this is this is my dream come true. So, right. I mean, I took the field on, and I was a bit nervous, but once I got into the game, I started feeling good, and and I just adapted good, and I thought I did well. Yeah, we all think you did pretty well, man. Obviously, keeping a clean sheet any time in this league is impressive. And when you're part of that defense, that means you helped uh, Jimmy Maurer hold the clean sheet, man. And that's pretty nice stuff. You know, last year, you signed with the Cosmos back in August. And, and you know, you're with the under-17s. You're doing all that other stuff. And last year with the Cosmos, you know, Raul's here, Marco Senna's here, Walter and Leo. And there's a whole different dynamic here this year. What, what, what did you take from last year, man? Because obviously – those are four pretty big names for the Cosmos who aren't here anymore. You know, how, how did those guys help you get ready for this? Yeah, no, I mean, just watching Raul and Santa practice daily was something I, I took in, in mind. You know, I, I tried to learn from them and do the things that they did since they have got a lot more experience and they're basically legends, you know. So I tried to take in everything that I could see from them and put it in my game, so try to get better. Yeah. Right. Not to mention having Coach Gio doesn't there that doesn't help or it doesn't hurt either, man, because Coach Gio is obviously an offensive minded coach. We know this, but he does a lot with that defense, man, and he he helps you guys. He puts you in position. Uh, how, how much are you learning from Coach Gio as well? Because he's an obvious amazing influence to help you with your career, man. No, I think he's uh, good. I mean, I, I think every day at practice he pushes me and he's always talking to me, telling me how good I'm doing and Things I need to improve on, but overall, so I feel like he's helped a lot. Yeah, man. How, how cool was it, Alexis? How cool was it to see Michael LaHood and Hunter Freeman and all these guys supporting all your first start, man? I'm looking over your Twitter feed, and all of it is just congratulations, man, from all the ex-Cosmos and new Cosmos. And, man, that was a pretty cool reception that you got, man. I thought it was pretty cool that everybody came out and was just congratulating you. You got a lot of Twitter out there, man. Everybody was cool. Yeah, I mean, no, I know. I have I have a lot of friends back home as well. And then with the national team, I've made friends throughout the whole country. So uh, it's really good to see guys, you know, still like watching watching my footsteps and just being there and congratulating me. And I think all those guys like Michael Who, Hunter Freeman, and the guys that were here on the team that had like actually helped me along the way. So I'm really happy about that. And I'm really happy to have, have had them in my life. 
Yeah. Oh, no doubt, man. And, uh, you know, being a wing defender, if you're going to be on that wing, we know Ioze and, and obviously Gabe and Hunter, all those guys push up and, and had a, a you know a big part of the, of the on the offense as well, even though Frank and I sometimes get critical of the defense pushing up a little too far. Now, you're going to have to take on that mm-hmm. role, man. Are you ready for a role where you're going to have to push up and, and kind of help your midfield control that, that, you know, the middle of the pitch and, you have a lot. You have a lot of uh, you know a lot of a big job now, man. Yeah, no. I mean, I, I think I'm ready. I think I've been working hard lately in training and showing Gio that that I'm I'm ready to go whenever I'm called upon. But I feel I feel good. I feel I feel ready and ready to get the job done. Yeah, man. I know you and Eric Cavill are obviously pretty close, man. We see you two doing everything together. I loved your little video session, man, where you two were crashing on the couch and hanging out and doing the questions. How much fun is that stuff? The off the field stuff that you get to do here, man. (laughs) It's fun, right? Yeah, and I mean, him, I basically grew up together, playing together against each other, and then being the national team and living in Florida together. I think it's brought us closer together, but just doing things on and off the field with him is just, it's been great. It's been chill, so bringing up the good vibes. Yeah, man. I, I, saw you, I saw you guys hanging out at the Viscardi Center for the for the first ever soccer game over there. Uh, listen, Alexis, we, we love that stuff around here. Frank and I are huge proponents of all the cool stuff that you guys do off the field. Was it, was it pretty cool to take part in the Viscardi Center stuff? Because those people, I mean, obviously you see what they go through. You get to hear all their stories. How fun was that, man? But that, that looked like a pretty pretty nice appearance. Yeah, no, I mean, that actually, like, actually meant, meant more to me than it actually I thought I was. But once I got there, I saw these kids were just smiling, you know, living life, no matter how or what they're going through. And that's something nice to see. It's always good to see people who aren't doing, I guess, as good as you are and still having a smile on their face, which is good. And I think overall, taking that whole experience when I was there, I was just happy. It made, it made me happy to know that there's, there's kids out there that just really want to be happy and enjoy the little things in life where if it's me coming in for 10 minutes talking to them, if it's playing with them, you know, I'll try to do whatever I can to just see, see a smile on their face. Love it, man. Absolutely love it, Alexis. I, I mean, I, uh, me saying thank you to you really doesn't mean all that much, but I thank you for that stuff, man, because that, that, that that's the kind of stuff that, that makes soccer – the, the, the beautiful game that it is, man. You guys are, are you play for the Cosmos. You get to do something that, that a lot of people don't get a chance to do, man. So that's really nice to hear that you, uh, you know, that you you look forward to that stuff and you know what it means to these people when you show up there, man. These kids love that. Uh, you're a Cosmos player, Alexis. That's so cool, man. Th- uh, thank yeah, you. No. That's all I got to say. <laughs> Very no, cool, man. man. You know, I want to talk to you. No, because. No, nah, I just thought it was great because I was one of those kids, you know, that a pro a pro guy would come here and talk to, like, me and another couple guys. And I, I remember being one of those guys listening to what the pro people had to say and stuff. So it made me think of how how I used to be back then and how kids are now. So that's a good mm-hmm. feeling. Isn't that amazing that you're only 18 and you're already giving advice and you're already making appearances to help people's lives be better, man? How cool is that? <laughs> No, nah, man. Very cool. Uh, pretty cool to me, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, man. That's cool to me too, man. <laughs> hey, man. I know you're a big soccer guy. You follow the Euro. You follow the Euro and the Copa America. And, man, what other leagues do you follow, man? Besides the you know the tournaments and stuff, do you do you, do you follow a time? I know you played in Italy. 
I know you played in Mexico. So do you follow, like, the Serie A and the Mexican League and all that kind of stuff, too, or what? Yeah, I mean, uh, I grew up watching Mex- uh, the Mexican League, so I'm really into that. And then watching Copa America and watching just the best, the best players in the world play is just something that I, I use to to learn, you know, to learn more about the game and, and try to improve myself by just watching these other guys playing in Europe, playing in teams like Barca, like Madrid and all this stuff. So I'm, I'm usually watching soccer. If I'm not watching soccer, I'm playing it. So soccer all day, you know. <laughs> Yeah, man. Uh, you sound like me and Frank now. Franco, jump in here, man. <laughs> I wanted to ask you about uh, this kind of this week was uh, a little bit of an eye opener for a lot of people because we saw you make your your debut and then Christian Pulisic uh, playing really well for the U.S. You know, you guys. Uh, he's going to turn eighteen in a couple of weeks. Um, just talk about uh, who were your your influences coming up, and you know, directly. Uh, get some some uh, influence from pro players. You know, who did you who did you guys really follow growing up? Well, well, me growing up, I didn't really have an, anybody to push me besides uh, my brothers. But but I grew up playing with guys like Christian Pulisic, you know, and being in a residency with that with that guy is just a, it, it means a lot to me since he's a guy that has already made his debut with the national, with the full men's team, and is already playing at, at Dortmund in Germany, and he's doing good, which I'm really happy for him. And it's it's all the hard work that he's put in at, at a young age. So I mean, I think working hard and giving everything at practice is just something that's gonna you're, you're gonna get something out of it at the end of the day. But yeah. I don't know. It just feels yeah. good to make my debut and at 18, and hopefully keep. Keep going from here. This is just the beginning. Can you talk, also talk about your decision to go right into the pros? Uh, Christian did the same thing. Uh, what went into that decision, and, uh, you know, is it paying off for you, do, do you believe? Um, well, I, I had I had the decision to go to college, but I, I, I felt ready. I, I felt ready to be in, in a pro environment and skip, skip on college soccer. So... I just, I just felt I just felt ready to to go into the pro to the, to the professional side, so that's what made my decision. Yeah, yeah you've already you know, you've already done a plenty of it out in California too, man. A lot of people don't realize you're not a New Yorker, man. So this is uh, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's being a part of the guys. Yeah, okay, a lot of these guys are a lot of these guys are from Long Island and close to around here, man. So <laughs> I think it's pretty great that you've got to have a career. I mean, you've already had a pretty decent career, Alexis, and you're 18, man. You look over some of the stuff that you've done. It's just like, my God, man! What, what what was your favorite place to go so far? You've been to Italy, Mexico. You've you've been around, man. Is there one one place where you just like didn't want to leave? <laughs> uh, I would say I, I would say Italy. Honestly, it's probably one of the most yeah. beautiful places I've been. The weather, the football pitches I've played in there is just beautiful there, and it's nice there. It's somewhere you can go on vacation and even play soccer there. So I thought it was that was really cool. Yeah, what part? What part of Italy did you get to hang out in? Uh, I got to be in Venice, actually. Oh, poor, poor Alexis, man. Uh, we, we feel so bad for you, man. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, I get that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, no one's, no one's gonna feel bad for that trip, man. That, that, that's, that's where you want to go yeah. if you're going to Italy, man. Right? <laughs> that's cool, man. You know, I, I, I saw some of your tweets about, about Messi too, man. You know, I want to talk to you about that because. 
Uh, the way he retired and the way all that went down, do you, do you not feel bad for him? Because he's one of the best players on the planet, and I, no one's going to argue with me about that because he's one of the best players on the planet. How bad do you feel for him for yeah. leaving the Argentina team? The, the way he had to leave Argentina like that with Maradona being a complete jerk, man. Like, dude, leave him alone. Like, leave him alone. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, I, I just feel like people expect expect a lot from one person, you know, man. I mean, I guess that's understandable with him being the best player in the world, but I just think that it's not just a player. I think it's just a team. You know, you got to work hard. You got to work together and play together because it's not just one person winning the game. It's it's everybody. It's everybody that's been in training, that's been pushing everybody, pushing Messi. You know, there's guys that are in the bench that were pushing Messi to be the best as he can be, and you see now he's the best in the world. Obviously, nobody's going to argue with anybody about that. But no, yeah. No, I mean, I'm, I, I'm think, I think. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I just think Messi's gonna be just a legend, no matter no matter if he's playing with the national team or not. Yeah, yeah, we're all lucky to even see awesome him play guy. now. Let, let, oh my God, you think? Yeah. <laughs> you know, oh, let, so let's lucky. talk about the Cosmos, man. Let's talk about what's going on with the Cosmos. Obviously, seven games left in the in the campaign here, and. Cosmos are in first place, and that's pretty nice. Obviously, you're preparing for Minnesota and Edmonton back-to-back at home. How nice is that, man, to have two nice home matches before you face Indy 11 and you got to go there? Tough schedule coming up here, man, with only seven games left. How do you feel about it? Yeah, no, I mean, we've, we've had a couple stretches of games where you don't really have much downtime. You know, we have three games in ten days, so that's something that us and the guys have to prepare for every every day, you know, going out to training, working hard, but also getting the recovery, which is really important. But, yeah, overall, I mean, yeah. I think the next two home games are going to be really important since we have to keep winning at home, take advantage of it, and keep going on from there. And then facing India away is always, it's always a hard match, but I know that we have the guys here to get the job done and get three points. Yeah, the toughest part about it, obviously, is all three teams you're facing next are in second, third, and fourth place right behind the Cosmos. So that that puts pivotal points up for grabs right here, man. I mean, anything that anything you guys give back here, especially at home, and the the way the Cosmos are playing at Short Stadium right now, they look pretty tough there. And that's nice, man. How, how much fun do you have with seeing that five points and, and being, seeing that Short Stadium crowd, man? I, you got to have a lot of fun with them, too, huh? Yeah, I mean, just going out there, just having five points is really, really out there, you know. You're, they're loud, and <laughs> that's something that every every player wishes to get, you know. Got um, a big crowd, and guys just screaming and cheering at home. So I feel like I feel like when we get that every game, I think it pumps us up even more to do better at home and keep winning games, you know. No doubt, man. No doubt. Five points, obviously. Support you big time, man. I saw a few tweets from them coming out to you. And, uh, again, man, I, I love all the support people are giving you. Again, congratulations, man. I, <laughs> such a good, I hope you have a big part of the, of the rest of the campaign. And hopefully the Cosmos can go deep into the playoffs and you can have a big influence on it, man. Alexis, we can't thank you enough for coming on the show and hanging out with us. Uh, you know, good luck the rest of the year and stay healthy, man. Please just stay on the pitch. Yeah, man, hopefully that's, uh, hopefully that's, that's the key to just stay in the field. Yeah, yeah man. Thank you, man. Thank you for thank you very much. Very cool, man. Very cool. We'll talk to you soon, my friend. How cool is that, Franco? I mean, that's just cool stuff. Uh, you know, between him and Eric Cavillo, obviously, uh, 
We're still kind of waiting for Eric to make his first appearance, which I assume will be coming soon. I, I don't know why Coach would leave him there and then put uh, put Alexis out there and say, you know, you two kind of hang out together, but I'm going to only give one of you playing time. That that that, that kind of I'm sure that makes Alexis feel kind of tough too, because I know Alexis wants to see Eric on the field as much as anyone else does, much less uh, all the Cosmos. So, you know, it's good to see Alexis finally getting his time. When do you think we're going to see Cavillo on that field, Franco? Well, that's a good point. Yeah, we've been waiting for this for a while, but. I don't think yeah. they can really plan it out. You know, I think they, I usually, nobody wanted to see that happen, but, you know, uh, you just have to be ready. This is how it happens, though. And, you know, in the world of soccer and basically all sports, you wait your turn and uh, you got to be ready, especially in soccer. Yeah. It's so unpredictable. And, and right at that moment, and uh, I thought Alexis stepped in. He looked really confident, right? He was very composed, and he was just ready to go. And what a time to come in. I mean, it's late, like 40-some minutes in, into the game. It's just yep. not... Mm-hmm. You know, you're just not thinking you're going to be in the game, and you got to step in in a tough environment. I mean, Tampa. You know, I mean, uh, Fort Lauderdale. Those guys are coming hard at you. So, uh, yeah. I think the Cosmos are a technical team. The first thing they think about is is play the ball, play the ball on the ground, uh, use your skill, use your technique. And I thought he fit right in. So uh, that that was really good to see. So I think that goes well for Calvillo also because he'll get his chance, but you just don't know when it's going to happen. And that's just the nature of the game. So it's great. We'll just pay attention. We've got a few more games here, some important games coming up. And who knows? He yeah. might be in there at any time. You just don't know. Yeah, some real important games, Franco, like we just talked to Alexis about. Uh, the next three games are obviously <laughs> with playoff teams. So, yeah, this is going to be a monstrous of importance, man. I mean, this is huge. <laughs> uh, Minnesota this weekend at home, obviously, Franco, 7 o'clock p.m. start. That, that's going to be a huge game, man. Uh, you know, Minnesota wants these points as well as the Cosmos. And, you know, we, we know these two aren't exactly uh, all that fond of each other. So this is, this could be an interesting match, Frank. You know, we talked about the Cosmos taking, uh, what was it, 13 points in this four or five game stretch. They've taken seven, and uh, that draw helped a little bit. We kind of anticipated that draw in Fort Lauderdale as that 13th point. So obviously we're hoping the Cosmos come away with six points in these next two home games, Franco. I mean, this is going to be huge with a four-point lead going into the – you know, with only seven matches left to go. Yeah, I think so, too. I think if they would have gotten 12, you know, it would have been good. Uh, I thought uh, that that proved a lot. That was a tough game in Fort Lauderdale. I mean, yeah. Hunter Frank leaving the team basically, you know, a couple oh. of days before the game, you know. Uh, injuries, Damn. you know, I mean, and guys gone. So, uh that was a, that was just a tough game. So uh, I think the Cosmos are you know have some momentum. Got these home games. Uh, need to take the six points probably. I guess three at a time. So you got to look at it. But Minnesota is actually looks like right now. I think if the season ended now, they would be in right as the fourth team as a playoff team. So yeah. they're playing yeah. well. They're, you know the consistency is key in this league too, and, and everywhere, but especially in NASL. And they're a very consistent team. They're going to be there right to the end. So. Uh, they're coming in, and, uh, you know, they're looking to get, you know, a point out of this game. You know, I don't think they're going to just lock it up. But uh, Christian Ramirez up front, you know, good counterattack. Uh, that's going to be mm-hmm. tough to get three points off these guys. Uh, so, yeah, this will be a good game, good game, good tactical game to watch. Yeah, oh, certainly, man. And, uh, you know, you're talking about some of the stuff going on there, Frank. <laughs> You know, to play Minnesota twice here, and uh, you know, had that another little stretch where we're going to have the, the three games in eight days here, pretty quick. And they're, you know, I, I didn't even realize there's actually nine games left in the spring uh, in the you know, the campaign, man. Not seven because of the addition of Puerto Rico, so we actually have nine games left 
Um, man, four at home and five away. And, uh, yeah, there's a nice little stretch of road games coming up here, Frank. This, this is going to be tough. There's nothing easy for the Cosmos coming up here. I think every team in the North American Soccer League, obviously, is at the playoff point. You know, we're not in the playoffs like you mentioned, Frank, but but this is playoff time. I mean, it's just, just like with any sport. I, I You know, you come down to the final, you know, final stretch of the regular season, and all these games matter. Three points here and three points here, one point there. It's all going to add up. So, uh, yeah, Frank, this is going to be – the next next two months are going to be pretty crazy, Matt. Yeah, and uh, I've said this before, but and you saw it happen in the uh, spring season. I think it's going to be this, – this season uh, will be determined before those last games. I think you've got to stay right uh, in, in the hunt uh, before it gets crazy at the end. Uh, the last two games – three games, I think, you know, anything could happen at that point. Uh, teams will collapse. Teams will be out of it. And uh, the teams that the uh, Cosmos will be playing won't, won't be those teams. These teams will really be playing for something. So I think they've got to stay uh, – you've got to stay established right now. You've got to stay in the top two or three right now. Uh, and then you – I think then you, your momentum will carry you through. Other thing is defensively, uh, I, I talking to uh, Giovanni Salarese before Hunter Freeman left, um, he was thought that the Cosmos needed to pick up maybe another defender or midfielder to reinforce the team, and I think they've been working on that. With Hunter Freeman leaving, I think it's it's essential. They, they, the Cosmos need maybe two good guys to replace Hunter Freeman and bolster that back line, and they don't have much time to do it. Uh, you see what Miami's doing. You see what some of these teams are doing. They're bringing in guys, and you, you need to do that. And Cosmos did it last year. Uh, not in the back, they didn't need them, but they brought in one or two key players that actually helped win the, the uh, championship for them. And I think the Cosmos are going to have to do that now. They're aware of it, and I think you're going to see that happen uh, in the next uh, uh, short, short while. Yeah, you, you mean you mean the Miami Cosmos? Yeah, man, I, I, it's amazing <laughs> to see how many how many guys that they've taken from the Cosmos over there, man. I mean, it's, it's, you know, obviously so now we lose Hunter Freeman to them too, man. Really, come on. Uh, it, it, it should, we'll just call them the Miami Cosmos for now. And, uh, you know, the Cosmos are going to have to face them. I think they played them the last, next to the last game of the year at home. That's their last home game of the year, I, I, I recall. Um, yeah, and Frank, here we go. You know, we just talked about four or five at home. The Cosmos are now going to be playing four or five on the road. And, uh, man, you know, obviously the road has not been too friendly to anybody in the North American soccer league. Much less when you're a Cosmos. No, sir. Not much success to speak of when it comes to the traveling. Uh, the, the, the point last weekend was certainly nice. Yeah, it's something, Franco. you got to take something from these road games and, uh, you know, to see what the Cosmos have up next with Ottawa, Jacksonville, and Minnesota. And, uh, my God, it's a tough way to end the year with the Miami squeezed in there. It's, this, this is going to be crazy, Franco. <laughs> I mean, how much I, I, do you have any more intentions of coming? Are you coming to another game before the end of the regular season, Frank, or what? Yeah, sure. I'm, I'm working on that one. I'll, I'll, I'll let everybody know because uh, yeah, it's a good experience. I think you know, and you got to be there. Uh, Cosmos play well at home. Uh, EJ is a big, you know, at least a factor in that. We think. Uh, you know, if you've had, had good luck with, with EJ showing up there, but uh, they yeah, just play a good game at home. I think it's worth worth watching. I'm looking forward to getting there. So I'll let you know for sure when. Uh, what do we think about this weekend, Frank? Uh, Minnesota's walking in here, and, and you know they're a little bit angry. They're not. They're not exactly playing all that well right now. I mean, they're obviously doing enough to get points, but uh, you know, uh, you know, the, the three draws there was kind of a strange little stretch for them. Uh, five, five, and three records still pretty good. Uh, man, 
uh, do we think that this top four is going to remain a top four, Frank? Because Miami is sitting right there with them. So, obviously, it's between these five. I don't think Carolina has enough fight to actually really get back into this chase. They're four points out right now behind Miami. And I honestly think it's down to, the, to these five clubs. I, I just don't see how Carolina and Rio and Fort Lauderdale are going to be able to make a run, man. I, I just don't see how those any one of those three teams are going to be able to pass Miami or Minnesota for those final two spots. I mean, Obviously, that the the, the, the um, Miami Minnesota in the eleven battle that, that that that's a nice battle too in that, that for those last third and fourth position Frank. This is going to be crazy. I I, I just I just I love how the table looks right now. But do you think Carolina and Rayo can surprise anybody? No, I don't think so. I think, like you said, I think these teams that are consistent and also ambitious. Miami is uh, very ambitious, and I I think that I'd like to see that be rewarded. I don't like exactly that, that they can just kind of poach players off teams, you know, right to, you know, in the key part of the season. It doesn't seem quite right. But uh, the yeah. fact is they're going for it. They don't want to wait around. I think much in a contrast to what Jacksonville did, kind of just thought, well, let's just, you know, go along here and, uh, you know, not aggressively grab players when you need them, when it's obvious. And Jacksonville has really paid for that, unfortunately. Uh uh, Miami saw that they just didn't have enough players, the right players. So they see what's right in front of them. They solved the problem. Um, uh, there's transfer fees involved, and so the other teams can use that. I think the Cosmos hopefully can use that to replace Michael LaHood and Hunter Freeman. Those are huge, huge pieces that they're losing, that they've lost. So uh, I think those teams that are consistent, plus Miami, that, that's, that's going to go down to those four or five teams, as you said. Yeah, no chance. I mean, do you give any chance to, to you know, I mean, obviously Rio's falling off the table. Uh, four straight losses is certainly not going to help them at all. And they can't stop anyone. I mean, their defense is kind of falling apart lately, and that, that's going to put them in a bad position. Obviously, Carolina falling apart the way they, they we've talked about that plenty. Get off to that 4-0 start that they did to start the spring and, and then just completely tank the way they have. I think all of us were shocked. We thought they had a better team than that. I thought they were a better coach than that. I, you know, not, not to blame the coaching over there, but uh, – Something happens, man. I, they're, they're, they just don't seem like the same motivated team that they were earlier in the year. You know, we don't know what's going on in Carolina, obviously, uh, you know, within the organization, but that, that something needs to happen down there, Frank. I, I, I imagine that uh, something's going to have to change in the Carolina organization, Frank. They, they want to be taken seriously, and, and I don't think anyone's going to take them seriously until they start winning. I know their fans are dying to get out there and, and support their team and, and get them to the, to the winning level, but they're just not there yet, Frank. I, it's the Miami thing that you were talking about. That's probably the most intriguing thing because of all the players that started the year there, and now the whole face of the team has changed. They have a completely different dynamic over there than they did when the spring kit uh, went down. So uh, you think Miami has enough fight in them, Franco? I, I don't like the way Miami went about it. I, I just don't – I don't like it. To, just, to take Hunter Freeman the way they did like that, and that didn't go down exactly – you know, how it went down is something I guess we'll leave for other people to discuss how, how that actually did go down because it's, there's some controversy behind surrounding that, and, and I don't want to get too into that because that's really not our job here. But, uh, man, I, I just don't like the way Miami's really gone about it. And, and, and it's obviously free range, man. The North American soccer league is different. You can do whatever you want here. You can bring in guys whenever you want here. You can make any changes whenever you want here. And that, that, that kind of needs to change too, Franco. I do you not think those, that those rules kind of need to change too or what? Yeah, I think so, too. I, I agree. I think there's maybe uh, even some suspicion of tampering uh, there uh, where, where the, uh, Miami might have not gone through the cosmos and let them know this was happening or trying to happen. I think also, I think what's, what's happened, though, there's a there's a big change in, in this league. I think the league's gotten just a lot better 
in the last few months, basically. And I think that's why it's so hard for these other, for some of these teams, like at Jacksonville. Uh, you can't just go along with what you got. Uh, Miami found that out, and they made aggressive moves to get better. Uh, I, again, I, I agree with you. I don't like exactly the way they've done it, but I do uh, think that that ambitious and aggressive uh, acquisition of players uh, should be rewarded. I just don't think that you, you need to have to poach the players from within the league necessarily. There's a lot of players out there. I think Miami just hasn't been at it long enough to, you know, figure out who they can bring in from outside. And, and with the, the different FIFA windows and, and transfer windows, it's tough. So I think they'll probably, uh, you know, get that right in the offseason. They'll be ready to go next year. Uh, yeah, and I think the league needs to kind of get that stuff settled, settled in. Oh, look, at Puerto Rico came in. I think they have a good team. But uh, they are, you know, they, they're not, they have no chance the way the league is set up now. Uh, look at Ottawa finals last year. They're, they're way down in the standings. They didn't get better is one reason why. I think everybody got better. Oklahoma, uh, Rio, I think, is a team that I'm not going to rate as a contender, but I admire their ambition. They came in with, I think they had five or six guys with World Cup experience on that team. And that's what you got to do. I think a team like that two years ago, um, certainly when, the, when NASL was revived three years ago, would have been right up there. They would have been a major contender. But right now, that's why they're not good enough. They're not consistent enough. And, uh, you know, they, they give, they're giving it a shot. But, again, I think you, you just got to – you really got to go for, um, you know, the highest level of, that you can reach here because uh, the league is just a little – it's a lot better, I think, than it was maybe two years ago. And uh, it's, it's significantly better than it was even a few months ago. And that, I think Carolina is paying for that too, by the way. Yeah, no, you're right, man. And, um, you know, Franco, there's, there's something else I heard. And I'm going to run this by you because I'm not 100% sure of the legitimacy of all this, but um, I'm hearing. <laughs> I, again, there's, there's, don't don't quote me on this, and I'm not 100% on this, but uh, the, the Canadian League, I, I'm actually hearing that teams like Ottawa and Edmonton and Toronto, Montreal, Vancouver, from the MLS, of course, are all actually considering leaving the North American Soccer League and the MLS to start a Canadian soccer league, Franco. Now, could you imagine if the NASL lost Ottawa and Edmonton and MLS lost their three Canadian teams and they actually formed a whole new league up there? Obviously, you know, Mexico has their league. Uh, the USA has uh, a bunch of leagues now with, of course, the NASL, MLS, and, you know, the PDLs and all the lower lower divisions, USL, of course. But uh, have you heard any of this? Uh, is this news to you? Is it something that you think is actually – could happen. I mean, could you imagine if, if all the Canadian teams kind of bowed out of all the, you know, American competitions and just said, you know what, we, we have enough teams here to actually form our own league now. Could you imagine that? Yeah, right. I think uh, I'm not up on it. No, because but we have heard this in the past. It's always been a real conundrum for the Canadian teams, and they've never been able to quite get that together. So maybe maybe the time will will definitely come. Maybe they think it's now. Uh, I think maybe there are enough teams there, but you know, with the travel and the distances. There's always been uh, an impediment to it too, but I mean, if you can get Vancouver in there, uh, yeah, I mean, you got a, you could have a viable league. I think everybody would shake out and probably be okay. Uh, NSL would have to adjust though, um, but uh, yeah, I think it's, it might be a little bit premature, uh, but yeah, that would be intriguing. I think everybody would would survive that okay, and maybe it would be better for Canada. I think that's what they're trying to look at and get their, their national team to where where it should be. And yeah. uh, that would be a part of that equation. So probably down the road that's going to happen. 
Yeah, I'm interested to see, man. I, I saw I saw a couple of posts about it, and I figured I'd bring it up with you just to see if you uh, had even heard anything about it or if it even intrigued you at all. Because obviously, yeah, like you mentioned, Canadian football or soccer, if you will, uh, is not obviously up to par in international standards. We haven't seen Canada make a, an appearance in any major competition in who knows how long. And yeah, they, they certainly need that, man. Um, you know, and obviously next year San Francisco is going to be joining the NASL too, so now we're going to be seeing – California clubs in this league and that <laughs> man from California up to Edmonton and Vancouver and Puerto Rico. And, I mean, my goodness, Frank, <laughs> you know, this, this is not a small continent, man. <laughs> it's uh yeah, I'm just, I'm intrigued, man. I, I definitely, I, obviously I don't want to see the Canadian clubs go anywhere. I, I mean, North American soccer league needs these teams. And of course the MLS is obviously built around them too. So I, I think it'd be shocking to see if the Canadian teams just all decide to say, you know what, we, we have enough here to actually start forming our own thing. And of course, they could, you know, they could present teams everywhere, man. Uh, 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 you know, Canada's not exactly small, <laughs> so there's probably plenty of room up there. Obviously, running a league from, uh, you know, from March until oh, man, what, what October. Obviously, the, the weather up there is going to change here if it hasn't already. Obviously, northern Canada is already changing. <laughs> I mean, it's going to start to get cold here. Luckily, Cosmos don't have to go up to Edmonton here at all. Thomas, <laughs> just because you know the Cosmos don't want to go anywhere near Edmonton. In in the fall or the winter, man, I don't, none of us do. So, <laughs> but anyway, man, I just wanted to see your take on that, Franco. And uh, here we go, Frank. A big weekend this weekend at Minnesota uh, Cosmos. Cosmos would be slightly favored at home. And uh, interesting, Franco. I, you know, Minnesota's right there. I, we mentioned that they're going to need these points. We're going to face them twice in, uh, before the end of the campaign. And that that makes this match even bigger for at, at home. Sure, it's game. It's uh, it's pregame Cosmos boot camp weekend, and it's a military appreciation night as well. $10 tickets. Frank, what can you do in New York for $10? Uh, that's amazing, man. I, there isn't really much you can do in New York besides put air in your tires for $10 in New York. So to be able to catch a Cosmos game this weekend, like I mentioned, military appreciation night, that's pretty cool, man. Uh, $10 a ticket, Frank. Oh, you had got to show up for that kind of stuff, right? Yeah, well, you know, what I like about the Cosmos is, is uh, I, I, I really like that this is a team that's based on, on technical play. And uh, I think it's really, really setting some standards. I don't see that many teams in MLS that try to play as technically uh, based a game as the Cosmos do. So I think there's a good future in that. And, uh, you know, it's a good take uh, in the sense that, you know, the small stadium, you can see it really up close. Uh, EJ gets some really good up close views there where, where you go. And, uh, it's, you know, I think it's, it's it's a good take. So, yeah, I would agree with you there. I think uh, these teams coming in, you know, give, give them all they can handle. You know, Minnesota, I think with uh, three draws and then that one-nil win, I think Ramirez hasn't scored a goal in I don't know how long, and he's still yeah. one of the leading scorers in the league. I mean, it's just a, it's a tight league, so there's not much margin for error. And, again, the teams that are consistent, Minnesota was able to get those three draws and then a one-nil win, you know. So, uh, you know, they're, they're feeling okay right now. They probably, you know, weren't playing that great, and yet they got points, and that's, that's what you got to do. you got to – when things are going against you, the Cosmos got points or a point in uh, Fort Lauderdale, um, you know, in a game that they weren't going to get anything by Bruno after that early header by Arieta. It just wasn't going to happen. So to walk out of there with a point is okay because points are tough to come by in this league. And I, I just think that the Cosmos set a good standard by the way they play. It's offensive minded and uh, it just shows that how tough it is to make that work. Yeah. No doubt, man. And, uh, of course, everybody, stay tuned with your uh, training camps and development programs at the Cosmos. Call 855-71-COSMOS. 
And there's so many clinics going on around. I have a goalkeeper clinic this afternoon for the next eight weeks. Today is actually the final day to register at the discounted price. So uh, anybody out there listening and paying attention to this, the health and goalie program is an eight-week program with Jimmy Maurer, Kyle Sobeck, and Brian Holt. All three of them will be there to help you out. And, uh, Franco, did you see the Real Madrid and the New York Cosmos uh, Emirates Challenge this week at Chelsea Pier? How cool is that, man? I see Danny and Iose, Ruben, Andres, are lucky. Hanging out against Real Madrid in this pool competition, it was like a golf soccer event. Uh, Cosmos ended up tying them 6-6. Even though they were up 6-3, to they ended up uh, giving it back to Real Madrid. That was kind of cool, man, to see the Cosmos and Real Madrid taking part in the Emirates Challenge at, Emirates, at Chelsea Pier. But that's not cool, Franco. You know, not many teams get to take part in that kind of stuff. <laughs> Yeah, that's pretty cool. Uh, Chelsea Piers, you know, got some history there too. A lot of people have played oh, yeah. there, and uh, yeah, it's good, good promotion. Uh, I, I just was able to watch some highlights of that. So yeah, great. Yeah. Uh, you know, anytime you're associated with Real Madrid is pretty good. So yeah, yeah that shows what the Cosmos have going for them too. I mean, everybody wants to come to New York. They want to play. They want to see the game. They want to see it at high levels. And uh, the Cosmos are setting those standards and not afraid to step on the on the pitch with anybody. And, uh, you know, they've knocked off MLS teams. They've played against La Liga teams and done well. Yeah. And uh, I think that's, you know, that's that's what you're seeing with the Cosmos. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's good. Yeah, that was a good sign, you know, although it's a fun thing, you know, see more yeah. of that in the future. Yeah. I thought it was cool, man. Of course, NYCFC didn't get asked to touch part in that, of course, because the Cosmos had a much more history, and it's a lot better. <laughs> that's all I'm going to say. I'm putting that out there. That's right. <laughs> all right, Franco, let's get out of here, man. Uh, you know, of course, have a good rest of the week, my friend. And, uh, you know, of course, we'll all be back next week. Good luck to the Cosmos and Minnesota this weekend. This will obviously be We just hope everybody stays healthy and puts on a good performance, of course. And uh, we'll see you all short on uh, the 10th, of course, in uh, Minnesota. That's like I mentioned, Military Appreciation Night, $10 tickets for Military Appreciation Night. I mean, that's unbelievable, man. I love that kind of stuff. The Cosmos are so good at doing that kind of stuff for all their fans. So get out to Stewart Stadium this weekend, everybody. $10 tickets if you're in the military. That's 15 bucks or everywhere else, really. So, you know, get to the game, and uh, we'll all see you there. So have a good weekend, everyone. Uh, catch you later.